Martinez kicks it away. It's high. It's as deep as he can drive it. It's coffee at the 15. 20, 25, 30. Got a blocker, 40. Midfield into Patrick Henry territory, and he is gone. He's gone. Touchdown, Lee Davis Confederates. Hello, friends, and welcome into another edition of Central Region Now, the exclusive podcast of the RBA Sports Network. Rob with them along with you for this special high school football playoff projections edition as we look to where we are through week 10 and what we can look for and expect in week 11. Who's in? Who has work to do? Who's out? We'll try to answer as many of those questions as possible. Leading us off, though, tonight, that was the kickoff return of Jamon Coffee. One year ago, in Tomato Bowl 58, it was the winning score as Lee Davis held on to beat Patrick Henry 14-7 to take a 30-28 lead in the all-time regular season series. Tomato Bowl 59 is our game of the week Friday night for the 16th consecutive year. WHA and Radio will bring you the oldest football rivalry in Hanover County and now one of the oldest continuous rivalries in Central Virginia. A series that began when Patrick Henry opened in the fall of 1959. So it's Lee Davis, Patrick Henry, Tomato Bowl 59, Game of the Week, 1029 The Mater at 1029 FM, also 1430 AM. You can listen online at the links at rbasportsnetwork.com. HanoverCountySports.net, and of course on the TuneIn Radio app. You had another game on Friday night. You want to put the bud in the left ear and listen to our game as well. Have the uh, two-game experience going, no problem. Just tune into Radial, R-A-D-I-A-L-L. That's R-A-D-I-A-L-L. That is the 24-hour music web channel of WHAN. And we will join you there as well on the TuneIn app, online on our websites. The link will be there. And, of course, on the radio, 1029 The Mater and 1430 AM. Looking forward to that in Mechanicsville on Friday night. And then we will uh, look and see what happens in terms of getting the playoff um, picture settled. And uh, we'll let you know when our first play, where I should say, and who is involved in our first playoff game. Broadcast a week from Friday, November 10th. Now, I I know you're here to listen to figure out all about the postseason picture, so let's get going. First of all, good to be back on the podcast. Um, We made a conscious decision, very long story short. Um, Idea came along from our friends at NBC12, 
And uh, they asked us if we would be interested in doing a Facebook Live post on the sidelines on Friday nights. And we decided, you know what, that sounds like a good idea. Sounds like we could really interact with fans and, and have a good time and get you more information that and, and, and you know, extra highlights, second look at the highlights and, and, and things that normally Mark and Matt don't have time to do during on the sidelines on NBC 12, just simply because there's so much time in an, in, in 11 o'clock newscast. And so we uh, did the first one back on the 29th of September. It has been a rousing success. We want to thank all of you who have been joining us for late night high school football talk uh, on the sidelines extra on Facebook Live. And we'll be back there on Friday night uh, right after on the sidelines at 11.15 on NBC 12. About a minute later, we hit Facebook Live on the NBC 12 Facebook page, facebook.com slash NBC 12 News. And Friday night, we should be able to give you with maybe an exception or two, because there are a couple of Saturday games going on this weekend, not in the Richmond area, but outside of the area that might affect a thing or two. But we should be able to give you most of what the playoff picture will look like opening night, November the 10th. So thank you for, for supporting On the Sidelines Extra. Thanks for watching Wednesdays in the afternoon when we do the On the, on the Sidelines Wednesday playbook. And Mark and I kind of lay out the landscape for the Friday night that is to come. And, of course, so grateful to Mark for his time every week uh, to uh, sit down talk to us for our On the Sidelines pregame, powered by Sheehy Ford of Ashland on the game of the week uh, on 102.9 The Mater in the RVA Sports Network. So uh, because of that, we haven't been doing our Friday night post-football podcasts because we've been down busy at NBC12. And we've missed you on the podcast, but boy, we've really enjoyed being with you there on Facebook Live. Podcast is undergoing some renovations, and we'll have, um, I don't know, if maybe a little different look or focus. We're still kind of making decisions. Right now, we're knee-deep in football and in field hockey and volleyball playoffs. But as we get further into November and closer to basketball season, we'll be announcing what our uh, podcast plans are on, on top of that some of you may be wondering well you did the morning podcast for quite a while yes we did and uh, we love amrva the problem that we've had recently with amrva is simply just a matter of, of time there just isn't enough time right now right now for for me honestly to do it i'm one person and i've got so much opportunity and so much time i can give and so much time i have to go and rest and make sure that i'm fresh for the next day and and so it's not been on for a while. I hope to have it back in the near future. Um, but you let us know what you what you use out of the RBA Sports Network. You like the podcast. You like the morning podcast. You, the website, our Twitter, our Facebook, whatever Instagram, whatever the case may be. The more feedback we get from you, the fans, as to how we can better serve you, the better off we are. So we can put our allocate our resources where they most uh, need to be. Now, having said all of that, let's get to the playoffs, shall we? All right, ran all the numbers that we possibly could, and uh, we'll start in the one region that involves no one but Central Virginia teams, and that, of course, is Region 5B. Used to be called the 5A South region. The last five state champions from the old 5A, and even before that one year, the old group AAA Division 5 state champions have come from this region. L.C. Bird, 2012-13-14, Highland Springs, the last two years. Uh, we can say with confidence that even though they fell to Manchester last week, 26-20, to finish the regular season at 9-1, Hermitage has clinched 
the number one seed in Region 5B. So the road to Hampton will go through Chester Fritz Stadium should things go to form. Hermitage is currently at 338 points. And before we get into all of that, let's briefly explain to you what all these points mean. We're going to post a copy of the Virginia High School League's point system at rbasportsnetwork.com so you can put eyeballs on it and see it. If you're a visual person, it'll be a lot easier to understand than listening to me explain it. But the bottom line is, without going too deep into it all, when you play a football game in the VHSL, you get a certain number of points for winning a game, a certain number if you lose a game. Those numbers vary based on the classification that you are in. Then you get bonus points every week based on the results of your other opponents. So if a team that you beat earlier in the season wins, you get two bonus points. If a team that you lost to earlier in the season wins, you get one bonus point. If a team that you won or lost to earlier in the season loses, you get nothing. Okay? So the more teams do well that were on your schedule, your strength of schedule gets better and your point total goes up. And we've talked several times on both On the Sidelines Wednesday Playbook and on Extra on Friday nights about how Hermitage specifically, when they dropped uh, John Marshall as their second Colonial District drop, they dropped TJ a few years ago. They didn't go out to find a cupcake. They replaced him with a very strong team in Thomas Dale, and that was by design so that Hermitage, win or lose, could get a lot more rider points in the VHSL standings and not have happened what happened two years ago, where Hermitage beat Highland Springs in the regular season opener, finished 10-0, but on 9-1 Highland Springs team outpointed them and got the home field advantage in the old 5A South, and they ended up playing in that, uh, in that state quarterfinal, the 5A South Regional Semi, that Thanksgiving Saturday. And you'll recall Highland Springs built a big lead. Hermitage came back, tied it, and the Springers scored with about 11 seconds to go uh, to win what I honestly think in 2015 was the state championship game. Because I eyeballed the, the last two games, the Indian River game and the first Stonebridge State Final backup in UVA. And I think Hermitage would have beat both of those teams too. I think the best two teams in five that year uh, were Hermitage and Highland Springs. And Highland Springs had the home field advantage. And Hermitage is like, we can't have this happen again. So now, 9-1, and one, they have clinched number one. And let me explain why. They're at 338 points. They don't play this week, so they don't get any points for winning or losing. But they'll get two points if Henrico beats Armstrong. They're going to get two points no matter who wins Highland Springs for because they beat both of them. If Thomas Dale beats Prince George, two more points. They'll get two points from the winners of both Glenn Allen, J.R. Tucker, and Deep Run Godwin. So right there, two, four, six, eight, ten points if those games go to form. Now, if we have a couple of upsets, um, Armstrong upsets in Ryko, Prince George upsets Thomas Dale, um, even if George Wythe upsets Manchester, Herbitage will definitely get six points because there are three games going on between teams that they beat. So that's two points no matter who wins. So that's 344 points. Now, they're already at 338. Highland Springs enters this week at 287. They're in second place. They get Verina Friday night. They beat Verina. They're going to pick up 38 points. That's 24 points for beating a, 5A, a Class 5 school. Still trying to get used to saying that. And if, if they lost, they'd still get 20 points, and that would be 12 for losing to a 5A school and then one point apiece for each win that Verina would have, which would be eight. 
if they beat them, it's 24 plus 14. Two times seven, Verina's current win total, and it would stay that way if, if uh, Verina lost, it would end up at uh, 38 points. But the best that Highland Springs can do is 335, and that is short of where Hermitage already is. So Highland Springs has clinched the number two seed. They cannot do any worse than second. They are second overall because their minimum number of points they can end up with after Friday night, even if they lose and all bad case scenarios happen to them, like Brook Point beats River Bend, Hopewell beats Meadowbrook, Armstrong beats Henrico, they'd end up at 311. And the best that Henrico, the three seed, can do is 309 points. Now, at the end of this, you divide them by 10, and that's how you get those ratings that you see on our standings at rvasportsnetwork.com. So like Hermitage right now is 33.8, 10, 338 divided by 10, 33.8. So there you go. So Henrico is three. They can't catch Highland Springs. But Verina can catch Henrico. So Henrico has not clinched the three seed. Here's where we get into all the different scenarios. Henrico has Armstrong next on Friday night. They'll be very favored to win. If they win that game, they'll be up to 299 points. Then they're going to be looking for, well, they'll get two points apiece for whoever wins Atley Hanover, two points apiece for whoever wins the Tomato Bowl. So there's four. That's 32 points, puts them at 303. Verina's maximum number that they can get to if they upset Highland Springs is 304. But they need Armstrong to upset Henrico for that to happen, okay? And if Armstrong upsets Henrico, then Verona is, if they beat Highland Springs, will overtake them anyway, most likely. So what we're looking at now is Herm for sure number one, Highland Springs for sure number two, Henrico three if they beat Armstrong. Verina and L.C. Bird, if Verina wins at Highland Springs on Friday night, they could flip with Henrico. If Verina loses and L.C. Bird beats Cosby and they're favored, Cosby is a 1-8 team, Bird will be at home, it's possible that L.C. Bird could overcome Verina. Now, Verina with a win would have 40 points before they even got the bonus points based on their opponents and how they do. But they get 21 for a loss, and L.C. Bird's getting 28 for a win. Number one, they're playing up a a class. So they're going to get two bonus points for that. That's 26 for a win instead of 24 for a regular class five victory. Cosby only has one win, so that's only two bonus points there, but they'd get 28 for a win. They're currently two points behind Verina at 252 points. So if they won, that's 28. If Verina loses, that's 21. You see there they've already flipped before we put into consideration how the other games involving both of their schedules do. So, ostensibly, Verina wants a home game in round one. They need to beat Highland Springs. Because if they lose to Highland Springs and L.C. Bird beats Cosby, uh, chances are better than 50-50 that L.C. Bird would take the four. Verina would take the five. There's a very good chance that those two are going to play each other in the first round in that 4-5 game. The question is where? Now, we get below them, and we see Lee Davis. Of course, they'll be on our game of the week on Friday. They're at 236 points. They're currently 15 points ahead of deep run in the race for six and seven. And if Lee Davis beats Patrick Henry, they'll get 34 points for the win. Okay? And 
Then they're going to get two for the winner of Atley Hanover. They'll get one for the winner of Verina Highland Springs. They'll get two if Armstrong beats Henrico, one if it's the other way around. So let's just say things go to form. That would be four points right there, and that would put them at 274 points. Um, and, and even if they, if they win the Tomato Bowl, they are going to be the sixth seed, period. Uh, if for some reason Cosby upsets L.C. Bird, and some several strange things happen. Mathematically, is Lee Davis alive for the five seed? Yeah, they are, but chances are that's not going to happen. It would take one of the biggest upsets in recent memory, Cosby at one and eight, upsetting a bird team in Chester for, for that possibility to even come into play. The more realistic scenario that Lee Davis has to watch out for is if they lose and they have 18 points for the loss, that puts them at 254. If Deep Run beats Mills Godwin and qualifies for the postseason, they'll get 34 for the win, and they would be at 255. And suddenly it would be a race based on how their opponents from previous weeks of the season fare as to whether or not one is in the playoffs. For example, Lee Davis gets two points no matter what happens with Atley and Hanover because they beat both of them. Deep Run needs Atley to win because they didn't play Hanover. Uh, Deep Run obviously needs Patrick Henry to beat Lee Davis to put the scenario into play. They also need John Marshall to upset Thomas Jefferson. A lot of teams do. You're going to hear that mantra over and over again. And that game is still scheduled for Friday night at John Marshall. We've been told that they are bringing in temporary lighting so that they can play the game at night on Friday night at 7 o'clock. If that changes, we'll let you know. But Lee Davis, right now, a good bet to be in the six hole. There is a remote chance they could move to five. There's also a remote chance they could fall to seven because Deep Run's maximum total to finish is 263, and Lee Davis's minimum is 258. So there is a way they can flip places. Now let's get to the bottom two places, seven and eight. Right now, Deep Run is at 221 points. Mills Godwin behind them at 213, and they play each other on Friday. Now, on the eyeball test over the weekend, it looked to us as if the Deep Run-Mills Godwin game would be an elimination game. Winner in, loser out. But after running all of the numbers here this afternoon, it's not absolutely set in stone that the loser would be out. Deep Run wins, they're in the postseason. If Mills Godwin wins, they are in the postseason. Excuse me, that is for sure, because the winner is going to get the seven seed. Now, Mills Godwin can't catch Lee Davis. So if Mills Godwin beats Deep Run, Mills Godwin will be the seven seed. Lee Davis will be the six. And then the question is, who's going to fill that eight? Now, let's talk about that. Deep Run obviously has the advantage if they lose to a point. Because they get 18 points for a loss, then they'd need Atley, Henrico, Patrick Henry, John Marshall, all to win. If that happened, they would be at 20, 21, 22, 24. They're going to get two points for the winner of Glenn Allen, J.R. Tucker, and they need it to be Glenn Allen. So that would be 1, 3, 5, 7, 7 points and 18 to 35. 
Yeah. So it, sometimes I even get confused with all the numbers. It's just crazy. Um, yeah, deep run wins, they're in. Mills Godwin wins, they're in. The maximum number deep run can get is 263. The maximum for Mills Godwin is 254. And even if John Marshall lost to TJ, Mills Godwin could finish at 252 with a win, a Lee Davis win, an Atlee win, a Glenn Allen win. Okay, they would finish at 252. And that's important because there is no other team in contention that could outpoint them at 252. In other words, nobody in the outside the top eight right now could win and get ahead of them at 252 points. Godwin would win. They'd be the seventh seed. Deep run wins. They're the seventh seed. And again, outside shot. It's a very outside shot at six. Now, just two points behind Godwin and in ninth, it's J.R. Tucker. Tigers have not been in the playoffs. Um, honestly, I don't remember the last time they were in the playoffs. And so it would be huge for them to make it. Well, first things first, they've got to beat Glenn Allen. They've got to find a way to slow Devin Flowers down. And for those of you who don't know, when Glenn Allen opened back in the fall of 2010, most people assumed that because they were a couple of miles apart down Staples Mill Road, that Hermitage and Glenn Allen would become natural rivals. And that was not the case. Uh, there was an incident that occurred early on in the uh, history between the Tigers and the Jaguars. I know about it because my daughter was in school at the time. And the Tigers and the Jaguars haven't liked each other very much ever since. So, this will be a very spirited senior night at Glen Allen. Number one, they know they're not making the postseason. And number two, they would love nothing better than to make sure that the Tigers don't make it either. So, J.R. Tucker's got their work cut out for them. They can slow Flowers down. Maybe they've had a shot. They could do it. And if they win, then what they're hoping for is they're hoping for Deep Run to beat Mills Godwin. It gives them a more open uh, uh, position to try to get in the playoffs. Now, numerically, they actually need Godwin to win. But it, it, that's that's a little iffy, and, and let me explain to you why. They're at 211 points. If they win, they get 28, and that's 239, okay? Uh, if Henrico wins, they'll get a point, so that's 240. If Godwin wins, then they have 242 points, They'd have to have either Caroline beat James Monroe or, here we go again, John Marshall to beat Thomas Jefferson for them to get up to 244. 244 is important because it would give them a better opportunity to make sure that they outpointed Deep Run, okay, because they start the night 10 points behind them. 221 for Deep Run, 213 for Mills Godwin, 211 for J.R. Tucker. All right, so there's the conundrum there. J.R. Tucker is has the the even though they're ninth in the standings right now, the road to the postseason for them is a little bit harder than it is for both number ten Meadowbrook and even number twelve Prince George, and we'll explain in just a second. So J.R. Tucker, they got to win. And then they need to get help, which would be two points, four points, five points, seven points, nine points, and 37. Yeah, the best that they can do is 248 points. Now, whoever wins between Deeper and Mills Godwin in, 
loser. If you know, Tucker's able to maximize things and get to 248, they should be ahead of whoever lost if they win. But here's the problem. There are two teams below J.R. Tucker, 10th place Meadowbrook and 12th place Prince George, who, if they maximize their output of points on Friday night, both could finish at 251 points. And even if J.R. Tucker wins, they could still miss the playoffs. Meadowbrook is four points behind them at 207. They go to Hopewell to play at Murner Field against the Blue Devils. If they win, they get 36 points. Okay? That'll put them at 243. Already hanging with Tucker there. In fact, they'd go ahead of Tucker if both of them won. Then it would be a matter of who won what. And Meadowbrook is guaranteed one from the Highland Springs Verina game, one for Thomas Dale, or two for Prince George, one for Dinwiddie, or two for Colonial Heights, one for Petersburg, two for Matoica. So let's say things hold to form and Highland Springs, Thomas Dale, Dinwiddie, and Petersburg win. That's four bonus points, 40 points. They're at 247. If Bird beats Cosby, they get a point. That's 248. Boom. They've now reached maximum that J.R. Tucker could have. And one of the biggest things on that is Meadowbrook would actually be better off Thomas Dale beating Prince George, even though Prince George gave him two points. If Thomas Dale beats him, then J.R. Tucker loses the two points they would have gotten because they beat Prince George earlier in the year. Thomas Dale provides them with just one point, but it gives Tucker no points. Okay, so rather than you know both get two, they'd rather get one and their opponent get nothing. Now you're saying, what about Douglas Freeman? I'm looking at the standings. They're in 11th. They're at 226 points. Their season is done. And so all they can do on Friday is watch from the sidelines and get bonus points based on the results of their opponents this year. They can get either two points from Midlothian or one from James River in that game, the Coal Bowl. They can get two if John Marshall beats TJ. They'll get two if Atlee beats Hanover, one if Lee Davis beats Patrick Henry. They'll get two if Tucker beats Glen Allen, one if the Jags win. And they'll get one regardless in the deep run Mills-Godwin game. The best Douglas Freeman can do is 236 points. So, the problem with that is, to maximize it, they have to have J.R. Tucker beat Glenn Allen. Well, if that happens, J.R. Tucker will be ahead of Douglas Freeman, and so therefore it would eliminate Douglas Freeman from playoff contention. So, let's say Glenn Allen beats J.R. Tucker then that knocks their maximum possibility to 235 points. And if John Marshall can't pull the upset of TJ, that knocks him down to 233. So Douglas Freeman, for all intents and purposes, their season is about over. But Prince George's is not. 203 points in 12th place, and here's why. Even though they are currently 10 points behind the number eight seed Mills Godwin, they play Thomas Dale on Friday. If they beat Thomas Dale, a Class 6 school, they get 26 points for the win, and then they get 14 points, two points for each of Thomas Dale's seven victories. That's 40 points before we start counting the other games involving teams on their schedule. That's 243. So let me just set this up for you fans, for the teams that are fighting for the last two spots in 5B. If they win, 
these and, and this is not counting the bonus points from other opponents, okay? This is strictly if the team wins. If Deep Run wins, they'll be at 255. If Mills Godwin wins, they'll be at 247, okay? And if that happens, then Deep Run will only be at 239. So you see Mills Godwin overtakes them. If Tucker wins, they get to 239. If Meadowbrook wins, they get to 243. And if Prince George wins, they also get to 243. And then all of a sudden, Prince George needs Petersburg to beat Matoica. They need Colonial Heights to upset Dinwiddie. And they, too, need John Marshall to beat TJ. So a lot of John Marshall fans (laughs) out there on Friday night. So best case scenario, and I don't mean best in the terms of what we want to happen. I'm saying, I guess, maybe more likely scenario if things go to form. Deep run Mills Godwin, the winner gets in. Likely would be the seven. Um, Meadowbrook, Prince George have a slightly, and I mean just slightly easier way to the postseason over J.R. Tucker. And it's more because of the fact that Meadowbrook could beat a six-win Hopewell team and Prince George could beat a seven-win Thomas Dale team. Whereas J.R. Tucker, if they beat Glen Allen, it's only a two-win team. So you only get four bonus points, two for each win. Now, one final scenario before we turn the page and go to the next region. What if they all lose? What if Deep Run beats Mills Godwin and then Tucker loses, Meadowbrook loses, and Prince George loses? What if all that happened? Who would end up in the postseason? That is where a scenario comes in, where the loser of the Deep Run Mills Godwin game could still be alive, especially if it's Deep Run. Because the minimum number that Deep Run can finish with if they lose to Mills Godwin is 242. Okay, that's the worst case scenario for them. Whereas J.R. Tucker's worst case is 228, Meadowbrook's is 230, and Prince George's is 227. So Mills Godwin beating Deep Run, but circumstances falling into place to where Deep Run could still get in as the eighth seed? Yes, that's possible. And that's why we can no longer say that we believe Deep Run Mills Godwin is winner in, loser out. It is uh, winner definitely in, but if the winner is Mills Godwin and Deep Run, sees J.R. Tucker lose to Glenn Allen, Meadowbrook lose to Hopewell, and Prince George lose to Thomas Dale, there's a good chance Deep Run could slide in at number eight. So there you are, fans. How do you like it so far? That's just one region. (laughs) Uh, The next two regions are pretty cut and dry. And then when we get to the lower regions, we're not looking at all the regions. We're just looking at a few scenarios with the teams. So thanks for bearing with us. Region 6B is pretty much an open and shut case. Uh, Colonial Forge is the number one seed no matter what. There is no way anybody can catch them, period, end of sentence. Uh, if they win this week against North Stafford and they end up getting, let's see, you know, C.D. Hilton wins, Patriot wins, Albemarle wins, Grassfield wins, and they'll get two points apiece for the Riverbend, Brook Point, and Massaponics Mountain View games, they could end up with a mind-boggling 376 points, which would be a rating of 37.6. And in all the years I've been doing this, I'm not sure I remember a team having a rating that high. 
So Colonial Forge will get the bye in the first round of the 6B playoffs. Manchester is pretty much locked into the two. All they need to do is get the victory over George Wythe, and they've got the two seed. Simple as that. The only way that that can't happen, if they lost to George Wythe and Brook Point beat River Bend, L.C. Bird, Cosby, they get two points there no matter what. So they'd have 14 for the loss. That would make it 16. A, a point for Monacan beating Huguenot would be 17. They're going to get two points out of the Coal Bowl. That's 19. 19 points, they'd finish at 322. Okay. Thomas Dale, they start the night at 286 points, 17 points behind Manchester in third place. They have four and five Prince George. If they win that game... They'd get 26 for the win, two for each of Prince George's four wins, so that's 34 points. They're going to get two from Bird Cosby, so that's 36. They're going to get two from Matoica Petersburg and Meadowbrook Hopewell, so that's 40. So that's 40 points there. That would put them at 326 points. So is there a chance Thomas Dale could finish second ahead of Manchester? Yes, but Manchester would have to lose to 0-9 George With for that to happen. So we expect Colonial Forge 1, Manchester 2, Thomasdale 3. James River and River Bend are neck and neck for the 4-5 spot, and they're going to end up there in one way or the other. It's just a matter of the order. James River is currently seven points ahead of River Bend. Their maximum point output this week, if all goes to form for them, is 279. The best River Bend can do is 276. Minimum, James River 259, Riverbend 253. Bottom line is the winner, the winner between those two, um, if they both win, James River probably holds serve. If James River wins, Riverbend loses, Rapids have the four. If Riverbend wins, James River loses, James River will be the five, and they'll go back to Riverbend where they started the season back in August. Franklin County has one more game to go. They had a bye last week. Uh, they likely will be the sixth seed, no matter what happens to them against Tunstall. Uh, seven and eight, you know, the eighth seed does not get the playoffs. It's seven teams in the region, and the one seed gets the bye. Uh, Clover Hill will be your seventh seed, even though they have a bye this week. Uh, the maximum number of points they can finish with is 221. Cosby, if they shocked L.C. Bird would get 38 points and be up to 220, and then they are guaranteed a point out of um, James River Midlow and a point out of Monarch and Huguenot, and then that would put them at 222, and that would put them ahead of Clover Hill. So Cosby has to beat L.C. Bird to make the postseason. Clover Hill makes it if Cosby does not. So right now it's looking like this if things hold to form unless we have major upsets. Thomas Dale would host Franklin County. James River and Riverbend would play against each other in the 4-5 game. Manchester would host likely Clover Hill, and Colonial Forge would get the bye. That's Region 6B. Now to 4B, the home of the undefeateds. <laughs> we need Keith Jackson around. That's what we need. Uh, Dinwiddie started the week uh, with 290 points, 10 points ahead of Monacan. They get Colonial Heights, a three-win team. 
They'd get 28 points for the win. The maximum number that they can finish off with is 328 points. Their maximum loss possibility is 310 points. For Monikin, they begin the week at 280 points. They get 5-4 and four Huguenot this week. If they get that victory, they will get 22 for the win and two for each of their wins, Huguenots win, so that's 32. And then two if Hanover beats Atley, two if Glenn Allen beats J.R. Tucker. They're guaranteed two points from Manchester with Bird Cosby and James River Midlothian. Clover Hill has a bye. So the absolute best that Monikin can do is 42 points, and that's 322. The worst that they can do is 16 with a loss, and then 246, that would be 22, and they would finish at 302 in the minimum. And I need to make a note of that. So 302 in the minimum there. Louisa, just two points behind them. Problem for Louisa. They're playing an under 500 Fluvanna team that can only yield them 26 points for a win. 22 for winning, four for the two wins Fluvanna has. So their maximum is 314, but their minimum is 297. So basically, uh, what would have to happen is if Louisa wants to outpoint Monacan, they need to win and have Monacan lose. If Monacan wants to be the number one seed, Colonial Heights needs to pull the upset of the year. If uh, Eastern View wants to get up toward Louisa. I think the chances are almost none that they can do that. Uh, their maximum point total is 298. And that is, you know, they, they've got to have uh, everything go their way and nothing go Louisa's way. So it's, 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 mm, it, it's, there's one scenario but it's highly unlikely. So we're looking pretty much at Dinwiddie, Monikin, Louisa, Eastern View will be the top four in that order if they all win and they're all favored to win on Friday night. Eastern View has King George. Now, King George is the fly in the ointment on the bottom half of the bracket. Last few weeks, it's been Midlothian, Patrick Henry, Huguenot, and then Cortland moved in. Cortland and Huguenot currently tied for the seven and eight spots. But just below them is King George. Now, here's how it stands. Midlothian at 215 points. They have the Coal Bowl with James River. They win it. They get 36 points for the win. That's big. Uh, they could get two for a Powhatan win, two for a George With win, likely one for a Manchester, two for a Huguenot win of Monacan, one for Monacan, more likely. One for L.C. Bird if they beat Cosby. Two if Cosby pulled the upset. See, Midlothian needs a lot of upset winners. But let's say they got Powhatan, and then they got Manchester, Monacan, Birds. So that's five extra points, so they'd have 41 points, and they'd end up at 256. Patrick Henry is behind them in sixth by three points. They're at 212. Let's say they win the Tomato Bowl. That put them at 248. Okay, trying to get to 256. They need Caroline to beat James Monroe. Glenn Allen to beat J.R. Tucker, that's 252. Deep Run to beat Godwin, that's 254. 
Henrico to win, 255. They're going to get Verona Highland Springs. They'll get a point out of that, 256. And then if Hanover beats Atlee, 258. If Atlee beats Hanover, 257. So Patrick Henry to move to five. They really need Caroline to win, Glenn Allen to win, Deep Run to win. Okay? And then two points behind Patrick Henry in 7th and 8th, tied at 210 points are Cortland and Huguenot. Cortland has Spotsylvania, and they can get 30 points for a win. But their maximum output can only be up to 247 points. Huguenot, on the other hand, if they win and beat Monaghan, the major upset there, uh, they would end up with 40 points just off the win. Boom, that's 250, and that doesn't take into account other games. And then they're knocking on the door between Midlothian and Patrick Henry to try to move up into sixth. Fifth is a very outside possibility, but sixth is a definite possibility if you cannot upset Monaghan, um, and especially if James River beat Midlothian and Lee Davis beats Patrick Henry, then all bets are off. Cortland is the team most vulnerable right now to King George. Cortland's at 210 points against Spotsylvania. King George is at 188 points, but they play Eastern View fans. They're unbeaten at 9 and up. And if they win that game, they get 40 points. Boom, they're all of a sudden at 228. They know they're going to get two from the James Monroe-Caroline game. That's 230. The worst they can do in... Another game, Cortland-Spotsylvania is one, so there's 231. And, and, and Cortland, if they lost, that meant Spotsylvania would have won, so that would have given them another bonus point. So we're looking at 44, so that is 232 points, and the worst Cortland can do is 229. <sighs> see, what, see where I'm getting? Um. Yeah, it's, it's razor thin close, and it's a very outside chance, very outside chance. Uh, the probabilities are high that the top eight teams right now in 4B will be your eight playoff teams, but King George is still mathematically in it because of playing a 9-0 team in the last game of the season. How would the playoffs break down? Could Patrick Henry go to Louisa in the first round? Maybe Midlothian has to go up to Eastern View. Uh, does, does Huguenot have to go down to Dinwiddie? Hard to say we'll have a good idea come Friday night, 11.33, on the sidelines extra. On NBC12's Facebook page, Mark Davis and myself, uh, Matt Becker, who w works at NBC12, runs the numbers too. He's a VHSL numbers guru, and he and I will be comparing each other's numbers to make sure we get everything right for you, my friends. All right, real quick, a few questions to answer in the other regions. Region 3A, Phoebus, IC, Norcom are locks into the one and two seed there. Hopewell uh, begins the, the week at 224 points. They got Meadowbrook this week. If they win, they get 30 points for the victory. Behind them in fourth is York at 211 points. They have a seven-win Pocosin team playing uh, on uh, Friday. And if they won that game, it would be a 34 points for them. But that would only cut their deficit down to nine. So the chances of, of York catching up to Hopewell are fair, but not good. If Hopewell wins, they won't catch them. 
if Hopewell loses and York wins, then we have to run the numbers and see who wins in games like New Kent Warhill, Grafton and Lafayette, and Bruton and Smithfield to determine whether or not Hopewell would drop to four. Then we checked Southampton's numbers. They're fifth at 205 points, and they cannot catch Hopewell no matter what. So we can confirm to you now that Hopewell will host a first-round game in Region 3A. If they win Friday against Meadowbrook, it'll be as the number three seed at Murner Field. If they lose and York wins and somehow York is able to outpoint Hopewell, Hopewell would still host a first-round game, but would be the number four seed. Then down at the bottom, with Petersburg's big win over Meadowbrook last week, they put themselves right back into the position where they could make the playoffs. They're the nine seed, one out with a week to go. They have Matoica this week, Booker T. Washington, who has 187 points and has the eighth and last spot in the postseason. They play Saturday against Lake Taylor. So this is a the 3A is going to be one of the areas to where we cannot make the projections until after Saturday's games. So Booker T. Washington with a loss would have 17 points. That would put him at 204. Petersburg with a win would get 30 points. That would put them at 209. Then it would be based on what the other games are. Okay? So Petersburg needs to win. They need Booker T. Washington to lose Saturday to Lake Taylor. And then they need a few things to go their way. Like if Monacan beats Huguenot, then that's a point BT Washington can't get. They need Lakeland to beat Great Bridge. Two points that Booker T. Washington can't get. If I see Norcom beats Woodrow Wilson, Booker T. Washington would get one point, but not two, because they beat Woodrow Wilson earlier in the year. <clears throat> Same thing, Mari Granby. They want Granby to win, and when I'm saying they, I mean Petersburg. Okay, So that would put BT Washington with 17, um, let's see, 18, 19. They want Hampton to beat Norview, so they get nothing there. Yeah, 19 points would put them at 206. And if that happens, 206, and Petersburg beats Matoica, and they get the 30 points right off the bat, they're in. They're in. Petersburg would be at 209. But for that again to happen, Booker T. Washington has to lose to Lake Taylor on Saturday afternoon. But Petersburg's hopes are alive. 2A now. Pocosin. Looking very good. They play York this week. They have 225 points. Number one seed in Region 2A. They get the win. They'd be at 257 points. The best they can do is 267, which is 26.7 when you divide it by 10. Goochland is next at 198 points. And remember, that's only counting eight games. The game against Fork Union Military Academy does not count in the VHSL standings. So their final number will be divided by nine. They play Amelia, who has seven wins on the season. That'll get them 32 points with a win. Then they need TJ to win. They'll get two from the other three games that are on involving teams they've played, and they're guaranteed two points apiece there. So if they win, they're guaranteed 38, and they'll get 40 if TJ wins. That'll put them at 238, and 238 divided by 9 is 26.444. So let's say York, Pocosin beats York, okay, but let's say Franklin beats Southampton, Lafayette beats Grafton, and Smithfield beats Bruton. Then it would be 32, 
it would be 34, 35, 37, 38. 38 points would be 263. That would be 26.3. Goochlin would overtake Pocosin for the number one seed. So is there a path to the one seed, Goochlin? Yes, there is, but there is no path if you don't beat Amelia. And with their loss last week, suddenly now they are behind Greensville for the third spot. And uh, you know, they're, they're now trying just to make sure that they have a home game in the first round of the postseason. The best way for Amelia to do that is to beat Goochland. And then if that happens, then we're looking at the possibility of Greensville, if they can get a win over um, Brunswick, uh, to, to threaten Goochland but likely not catch them for two. So Goochland looks great for two, possible for one. Amelia would like to at least get back to three uh, if they could beat Goochland on Friday night. And now for our friends in Essex, it's Region 1A. Essex, 213 points going into Friday's game with Rappahannock. Uh, the worst case scenario is they lose and they only get a total of 13 points, eight out of the game and five out of various results from their scheduled teams and they'd finish at 226. Sussex Central in second right now starts at 197 points. Best case scenario for them, they get 20 for their win against Surrey if they win. They get two each from Franklin, Brunswick, Colonial Beach, Essex, uh, two no matter who wins between Windsor and Parkview South Hill, and two if Lancaster beats Northumberland. So that's 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12. That's 32 and 32 would be a total of 229 points. Obviously, they don't want Essex to win, so they would lose the two points. So that would be 227 points. But if everything else ran to form, then they could nip Essex by one point. But for that to happen, uh, Franklin's got to win. Uh, Lancaster has to beat Northumberland. Uh, Colonial Beach has to beat WNL. So there you go. Essex, very good chance they'll be the one seed. Sussex Central, close two seed. And uh, after that, Washington Lee, West Point, going to be several teams that are. It's going to be very interesting to see who's in, who's out, and how we pair things up. Now, officially, the numbers come out from the league office usually Sunday just after 12 noon. So we'll be looking for them. And when they come up Sunday afternoon, as soon as we get them out, we will send a link to them. And then later in the afternoon, we will post them on our website. Ah, if you'll excuse me, I had to get a quick sip of tea there. At, of course, at rvasportsnetwork.com. But the way things look right now, we've got one, two, three, four teams going to be in Region 6B from our area. Which eight teams are Region 5B going to get? We know we're going to get Hermitage at one, Highland Springs at two, Henrico at three if they beat Armstrong, Verina at four if they beat Highland Springs, Elsie Bird at five if that happens. Elsie Bird at four, Verina at five. Bird beats Cosby and Highland Springs beats Verina. Lee Davis, likely six. Minuscule chance at five. A little bit of a chance they could fall to seven should they lose at the, the Tomato Bowl. Deep run wins 
over Mills Godwin and gets help. But mathematically, it's razor close. Like All the dominoes have to fall their way. Winner of D-Prime Mills Godwin is in as the seven. Then it's going to be a race between God, the, the winner, I should say the loser of D-Prime Mills Godwin, J.R. Tucker, Meadowbrook, and Prince George as to who is going to be able to get the eighth and final seed. Also at rbasportsnetwork.com where we posted the numbers yesterday, we also post for you the top four seeds currently in the other region that is paired with our region when we get to state semifinal time. We want you to know who are the top teams right now in Region 5A because on December 2nd, whoever wins Region 5B is going to play the 5A champion in the state semifinals. Right now, the top four in 5A down at the coast are Hampton, Salem, Indian River, and Princess Anne. Earlier in the year, literature came out from the VHSL office that said, uh, well, Region B and Region A are paired this year, and this year Region A will host Region B, which saying that led us to believe that it did not matter what your VHSL power rating was, the Region A school was going to be the home team, no matter what, you know, like rotational basis. And then they clarified that after their membership meeting here not too long ago and said it would be based on power ratings. So there is a chance state semifinals would play here in Central Virginia, depending on how the dominoes fall. So the things we'll be watching for Friday night will be how things settle down in 5B, especially for that eighth and final playoff bid. In 4B, do any of the four unbeatens lose if they all win Will they hold to form? We believe most likely that is the case. Dinwiddie 1, Monacan 2, Louisa 3, Eastern View 4. Then the next four are right next to each other and within five points of each other, Midlothian, Patrick Henry, Cortland, and Huguenot. And right outside the door is King George. And they have mathematically the only way to be able to eliminate one of the eight and get into the eight themselves but to do that they've got to hand eastern view their first loss of the year so it's going to be razor thin close but we could be looking at some wild playoff games in week one there hopewell looks good for three if they beat meadowbrook they are the three um if they lose york could catch them for the three but we know for sure whether they're three or four hopewell will host a first round playoff game in region 3a at Murner field petersburg has a shot to make the postseason if they win and Booker T. Washington loses on Saturday. In 3B, Thomas Jefferson is the top dog. They have clinched the number one seed. Nobody can catch them. Uh, The only suspense right now is whether Armstrong can hang on to the eighth and final seed. They're currently one and two-thirds points ahead of John Marshall and George With, who are tied for ninth. Now, if Armstrong upsets Henrico, they're definitely in. Armstrong loses, John Marshall loses, George With loses, then Armstrong will likely finish as the eight. That would mean Armstrong at Thomas Jefferson in the first round. And uh, we've got people all over the area scouring into the record books trying to figure out the last time two Richmond public schools played each other in the postseason I'm wondering if it was back during the consolidated days of the 1980s, if maybe Marshall Walker played Jefferson Huguenot with, or Marshall Walker played Armstrong Kennedy. I have a feeling if 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 it's happened, you have to go all the way back to the 1980s in the um, in the era where they combined several schools into units into multi-units. 
And for those of you who are in high school now, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But that was the way it was when I was in high school. Jefferson Huguenot With was the school. Marshall Walker was the school. And Armstrong Kennedy was a school. J.H.W., M.W., and uh, A.K. Those were the three schools from Richmond. And then they split off back in their individual campuses, I think, late in that decade or maybe early in the 90s. So that's 3B. We know Thomas Jefferson is the one seed. Goochland, slight chance to move up to one if Pocosin loses and they win. Um, If that doesn't happen, Goochland pretty much settled in at number two. And, um, you know, depending upon how things go, Brunswick gets a big win if they could overcome King William. Could we see King William Goochland in round one? Uh, Slight possibility. Not not a heavy possibility, but a slight. Essex with a win clinches one seed in 1A. West Point is in. They're currently fifth. They'd like to host a first-round game. Um, but we'll see what happens there. So all of the current numbers and standings are right now at rvasportsnetwork.com. And we hope that we have presented to you some of the most convoluted formulas in world history as cleanly and plainly as possible. So, again, it's like this, fans. For your team to do well, you need to beat the team you're playing so you get the maximum number of points. Then you get two points for each win the team you beat on Friday night already has. And the more wins they have, the more bonus points you get. And then for the teams you've already played on your schedule... If you played them and you beat them and they win, you get two bonus points. If you played them and you lost to them but they win, you get one bonus point. If you played them and you beat them or lost to them and they lose, you get nothing. And then you add it all up and divide it by 10. And that's the way it goes. All right. So enough about that. We'll break it down more on the Wednesday Playbook coming up on uh, Facebook Live at Facebook.com slash NBC 12 News, Wednesday afternoon, 315 with Mark Davis. Please be with us. Bring your questions. We'll tackle as many as we can. And then, of course, Friday, huge, huge day. We begin live at the Tomato Bowl in Lee Davis, Patrick Henry in Mechanicsville, 630 airtime, 1029 the Mater, 1430 a.m., live online on both rvasportsnetwork.com, hanovercountysports.net, and live on the TuneIn app by listening in on Radio R-A-D, I-A-L-L. We start at 6.30 with the On the Sidelines pregame powered by Sheehy Ford of Ashland. Mark Davis and I sit down lay out the landscape for week 11. We kick at 7 o'clock while you listen to the game. We keep you abreast of all the scores from around the region on the Virginia Farm Bureau in-game scoreboard. And then, of course, immediately following the game of the week, it's the Massey Winter West scoreboard show, the most comprehensive scoreboard show on the radio in high school football in the Richmond area each and every Friday night. We talk live to NBC12's Mark Davis for a preview of On the Sidelines. We talk live with the winning coach of the football game that we just had on the air. And uh, this Friday night, we'll be able to make projections and announcements about who's in the playoffs and who is out of the playoffs. Then we head down to NBC12 once we're off the radio. And we get ready for our Facebook Live. First, watch TV, NBC 12 at 11.15. Mark Davis, Matt Estridge. Matt will be live at Highland Springs High School. It'll be for Rhino Highland Springs for their game of the week. Mark will be back at the studio with all the other highlights that come pouring in as the evening goes on. And then once that is complete on TV, flip over to Facebook Live. Join us at facebook.com slash NBC 12 News. 
I'll join Mark live in the NBC 12 studios, and we'll have the latest playoff pairings, unofficial projections. We'll take your questions, answer whatever we can for you, show you extended highlights from the night that was, and get you ready for the postseason. That's all of that coming up on On the Sidelines Extra, Friday night, 1133 only at facebook.com slash NBC12news. We always provide links to that on all of our Twitter feeds and all of our Facebook pages. So if you ever get confused as to where we are for On the Sidelines Extra on Facebook, if you go to RVA Sports Network on Facebook, if you go to facebook.com slash Hanover Sports, facebook.com slash Henrico Sports, or if you go to any of our four Twitter feeds, Right there at 1133, we're going to send out a link saying On the Sidelines Extra starts now. Click below. And you just click on Facebook.com slash NBC12 News, and boom, Mark and I will be there. Happy to have you, happy to welcome your company, and happy to answer your questions. All right, quickly, out of football really quick, several other major things going on. Field hockey playoffs underway. The new regional format is also underway, fans, and a thing you've got to remember in most circumstances, is that if you win a regional semifinal, you have qualified for the state tournament. You do not have to win your region tournament to get to the state tournament because the Virginia High School League has reinstated the state quarterfinal level in most sports. So if you win a region semifinal, like last night, Tuesday night in field hockey, Monday night, I should say, in field hockey, down in Region 5B, Deep Run eliminated Atley and Prince George eliminated Mills Godwin. So Deep Run and Prince George play Wednesday night at River City Sportsplex for the Region 5B championship. Winner will get that trophy, but both of those teams advance to the state tournament. The winner of the match Wednesday night will host a state quarterfinal. The loser of the match will travel in a state quarterfinal. So... Tomorrow night, Wednesday night, 5B Boys Volleyball. Two huge matchups there. Deep Run plays Atlee first. Douglas Freeman takes on Lee Davis next. Both take place at Atlee High School starting at 5.30. Winners tomorrow night not only play for the region championship next Wednesday, they both punch tickets to the state tournament quarterfinals following that. So always remember, region semifinals, big, big games, because if you win... You clinch a bid in the state tournament regardless of the result of your region final. And we've got big games coming up. We'll be at Atley High School Wednesday night and Thursday night for Region 5B. Boys Volleyball Semis Wednesday, Girls Volleyball Semis on Thursday. Then Saturday, more volleyball. Could be historic. a historic day Saturday in Ashland. Sorry, folks, or... Just a second, mouth got dry there. And that is Randolph Macon, who has not lost a match to an ODAC opponent in three years. Uh, They'll be playing Eastern Mennonite Wednesday night in the ODAC quarterfinals. Should they win, they will host the tournament semis and championship. And if they're able to win a semifinal Friday night, they would play for the ODAC championship. It would be their third straight ODAC title at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. And if they are doing that, we will be there for that. Also big Saturday, the competition cheer state championships all day at the Siegel Center. And we've got several RVA area teams that are involved in that. And we wish all of you the very, very 
uh, best of luck. Looking forward to seeing lots of shiny trophies coming home here to the schools across uh, the RBA. So lots of things going on and uh, trying to keep you posted on all of it. Stay with us across our Twitter network, on our Facebook pages. Thanks so much for counting on RBA Sports Network to keep you abreast of all the sports news at the high school level and more uh, throughout the RBA. And a quick shout out before we say good night to um, our new interns. Wow, what a group we've got this year. Man, I'm so proud of them. Cameron Taylor with his great work so far. Noah Matthews as well. Andy Losey, big time help and great work. Callie Yost over on the south side. She's under the weather right now. She'll be better soon. Once she is, she'll be back with us. Feel better, Callie. Rest up and get ready. We'll have more coming up here in basketball season just around the corner. And playoff football is here, of course. Uh, just want to thank them. I want to thank uh, Sepp Shirey and uh, Kip Vahorn. Both of them will be joining us coming out of football season. And uh, if you are interested in a journalism career or if you think you might be and you'd like to get some experience uh, in doing social media live event coverage, in doing videos, video interviews, in doing audio interviews with coaches or players, uh, sports writing, uh, sports blogging, sports broadcasting, if any of that intrigues you in terms of a possible career, just send us a DM on any of our Twitter feeds, wherever you follow us on Twitter, at the RBA Sportsnet, at Hanover Sports, at Henrico Sports, and at Chesterfield Sports, and say, hey, I'd love an RBA Sports Network student intern application, and we'll ship one out to you immediately. You read it over, fill it out, do what is required based on its request, send it back to us, and we'd love to have you join Cameron and Noah and Callie and Andy uh, Kip and Sepp and the rest of the gang here uh, in our internship program, which has really grown this year and uh, really, really seeing some kids blossoming. And it does my heart good because that's why we do the intern program. Is so we help them get a little taste of what it's like to do all this stuff. And hopefully it sparks in them an interest that could end up being in some sort of a career. And if we can have a small part in that happening, we are not only happy to do it, we are thrilled to do it. So get in touch with us if you are interested. And thanks to all of the interns so far this year for the great work they have been doing. All right, fans, let's see. We're on Facebook Live Wednesday afternoon, 315 on NBC 12 News's Facebook page with Mark on the Wednesday playbook. We'll be previewing all of the big games coming up on Friday. And then, of course, Friday night, we're live at Lee Davis, 59th Tomato Bowl. Lee Davis, Patrick Henry. We hit the air at 6.30 with the On the Sidelines pregame powered by Sheehy Ford of Ashland. Kickoff at 7. Scores updates throughout the game on the Virginia Farm Bureau in-game scoreboard. And right after the game, it's the Massey Win and West scoreboard show with, of course, interviews with Mark Davis of NBC12, the winning head coach, all the latest scores and all the latest playoff projections only on 102.9 FM, 1029 The Mater, 1430 AM. Links online at rvasportsnetwork.com, hanovercountysports.net, and on the TuneIn app by searching Radial, R-A-D-I-A-L-L. And once we're off the air, we'll head down to NBC 12. You tune over to 12. Get all the highlights from all the action at 1115 with Mark and Matt on the sidelines. That's on television. And as soon as that's done, flip back to Facebook.com slash NBC12News. I'll join Mark in the studio, and you can fire away at your questions, and we'll have what we hope will be the most official, unofficial 
playoff projections that we possibly can deduce and divide and deduct and get correct. Of course, the official league play playoff pairings come out on on Sunday, but we're going to do our dead level best to have it ready for you. Friday night, Daring on the Sidelines Extra. So join us on Facebook Live Friday night at 11.33. That is going to be a whole lot of fun. All right, fans, thanks so much for being with us. Sorry about all the information overload. It's it's really a whole lot. We'll try to post that PDF file with the point system and how it works so you can eyeball it yourself uh, at rvasportsnetwork.com. And don't forget Tournament Central, rvasportsnetwork.com. For field hockey and volleyball, we update those scores all all the time, every day. In fact, i got to go update some here after I get off the podcast. So to keep up with your latest tournaments, your school's teams, wherever, uh, that's Tournament Central at rvasportsnetwork.com. Central Region Now, an exclusive podcast presentation of the RVA Sports Network, and it's solely intended for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any rebroadcast other use of our podcast without the express written consent of HCS Media LLC is strictly prohibited. Rob Witham saying thanks so much for being with us. I will see you on Wednesday afternoon at 3.15 on NBC12 and the On the Sidelines Wednesday playbook. And we'll talk to you again Friday night, 6.30. Game of the week from Mechanicsville to Made of 59. We'll talk to you then.